Hi y'all it's me the talking robot voice that does the intro. Welcome to SusTalk we have a great show for you Mr. Billy Cash is here. Please welcome him with the warmest of regards. He would welcome you warmly if you were the guest. Hope everyone is doing well and doesn't have any covets. Johnny brought some covets into the house and I had to hide under his bed for weeks to stay well since I don't get down with those vaccines. Luckily it worked and I will be healthy cough. Cough cough. Cough fuck cough cough shit on with the show cough 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 cough. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Uh, I, I, I hesitate to say yet again, there's been a break. Many things have happened in this break. Uh, a lot of us got COVID. A lot of us hung out. A lot of us stopped having COVID. Those are the main events in life in 2022. But another event in life in 2022 is maybe if you host a podcast Bill Kalish will come on it. Let's see if it's true. On the other line, question mark, it's... Mr. Bill Kalish. Hell yeah, Bill <laughs> Kalish. How you doing, buddy? Uh, good. I think I still got, got a little bit of that COVID. Hey, everybody with, got a little bit of that COVID. Left. Still, still, got, still got some going on in the, in the old ear, but other than that, things are, things are good. I'm excited to say COVID gone but not forgotten, but it's still remembered and just so very slightly present. Not quite gone. Never present on my mind. I'll be thinking about yeah. this forever. Never forget. This Never will be forget. like COVID and then 9-11. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that one back right there. Hey, Bill, eat anything good lately? Uh, yeah. So uh, if you hear my dogs barking, uh, they, they want to answer the question because they had their, uh, their 300th bowl of kibble in a row. <laughs> um, very stoked about it. Uh, so the wife and I yesterday uh, decided to get a little Indian takeout. Ooh, right, right. Um, you know, she works kind of late most days, um, and we are increasingly like, oh, we got to stop and grab some food on the way home. Uh, and so last night I was I was going to go do something else, and she's like, no, let's get Indian. So we got Indian, and it was terrific. Uh, it made a forty minute car ride from from the place that she well the area that she works. Back up here, uh, got a little, you know, a little, little uh, onion baja, right? Like little fritters. Uh, got some, got some alu tiki, also like little Ooh, potato yeah. guys, you know, a little chicken macaroni. It was, it was terrific, and it was absolutely terrific. It's the first time I've had Indian in a couple of weeks, so it's great. Uh, sounds fantastic, and I also want to praise your wisdom there. If we're talking about takeout with a forty-minute ride. I don't. I, I feel like Indians first. I don't even know what second. Like that. That can. That can sustain that somewhat lengthy ride home, and it's oh, it's still going to be good when you get there. So many things. Like there's stuff where you're like, well, just don't even bother. Like just because it's on Postmates doesn't mean you're going to like it when it gets to your house. That's so much stuff. And there's things that like obviously pizza's very good at this, but if you've got that kind of ride, Indian food is always still going to slam when it gets you there. Absolutely. That and like, like, like an Asian dish, like a noodle dish, like a little main or, yep. you know, something like that. Those are the safe ones. Everything else is a little dicey. Might be a little better. Might like it. Might just, I, I think just mingles a little bit more and they don't <clears> mind doing it. I think Indian reduces just a little bit the longer you give it time. Like sure. if you put Indian, like chicken mockany in, in the fridge, 
overnight. When you take that shit back out, it's like paint. Like it's like <laughs> thick, like all the water's gone. I don't mind that one bit. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you do that a little forty-five minutes up front, and by the time it gets home, it's a little more congealed, a little more together. We, can't, we, that that can't sauce is becoming concentrated and only more yeah. flavorful. Yeah, I love it. Coming around them spices, you got that heavy cream, you know, the real real healthy shit. Just put heavy cream in everything. Half and half if you want to cut it a little. Yeah. I'm on a diet. I only eat half and <laughs> half in all my meals. Uh no transition. Hey Bill, let's talk about your high school experience. How does that sound? A lot of people have done this and I, I I'm gonna do a little self intro here where I say that I thought a while back that I wanted to talk to some people about their high school experiences, and I thought that people would generally be very against talking about this, and I'd have to have to work to talk people into it. And instead, every week, every week, as though this is a weekly podcast, that's the funniest joke I'll tell all day. Every time I bring this up, People are like, actually, yeah, let's talk about that. That sounds good. Do you, do you are you excited to talk about your high school experience? I, I don't know if I'm excited. You seem less excited than most. A lot of people, like I've had people who were like, you didn't mention the high school thing. We're going to do that, right? And I was like, oh, you, oh yes, we are. No. So we no, certainly but, worked that. But also when I brought it up, you're like, yep, that's fine. We'll, we can do that. And I, I, I kind of yeah, thought I'm, you would I'm say no. Book. Yeah, I'm, I'm an open book. I got no shame. Um. Uh, you know, I, it, when I when I think about my high school experience now, as a forty year old man, um, I often think about you and your high school experience because <laughs> because our experiences were quite different numerically, right? Sure. How many people did you graduate with? Seventeen. Uh, sixteen. Yes. Six, so there's seventeen total, and sixteen plus oh, you. Oh no, there was well, there's sixteen total. I'm one, one of them. So, yeah. so my class count. Uh, my senior class was 654. 654. So there were 654 people in, in a class, right? And I kind of think that maybe it was like law school, like maybe there were like some 30-year-olds in there that <laughs> You know, like you'd show up for night school, even though we didn't have night school. Um, but I feel like if you were to show me uh, a picture of all 654, right, I'm pretty pretty sure I'd recognize like at least 600 of them, which I think is pretty fucking ridiculous because it, it's 650 people. That's amazing. I thought you were going to go the other way and say that you would also only know 16 people. <laughs> so it's like, it's actually all the same. But no, the exact opposite. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I certainly wasn't friends with everybody. Sure. Um, you know, I was kind of the same, the same dude, more or less. I, I wore a lot more black t-shirts. Same dude, more or less. That's surprising. I was yeah, thinking pretty about much. this going in. And to me, the platonic ideal of Bill is probably like junior or senior in undergrad. And so I thought you were going to say you were totally different in high school. That's really uh, what I expected here, and it sounds like you're just you. Were you into like metal and black t-shirts and just? I, I was. Into, I listened to more metal. Okay. Uh, I I wore almost exclusively black t-shirts. Um, I had like a Gibson guitar t-shirt that was black. Uh, uh I had other black t-shirts. <laughs> I did have one white tool t-shirt that has since disappeared. 
Um, mostly black t-shirts though. Uh, back, backwards hat. I think at that point it was a, uh, Dylan's going to be very upset when he listens to this in, in 14 years. Uh, I believe it was a Michigan hat, oh, wow. a fitted Michigan hat that I rock backwards all the time. I had glasses. So I guess that was different. Um, I guess I'm, I'm more outgoing after that junior, senior year of college, but like, not really. Like, I, if the circumstance were right, I'd still talk shit. I, I took AP psych my senior year and just talk shit the whole time, the whole time. And the teacher was like fine with it. Like, never really yelled at me. <laughs> so it just was like Zimbardo joke after Zimbardo joke. And he just let it fly. So, it. you know, it's, it, I guess I was quieter, but not really. Uh, this is a thing we should probably hit in all of these. And so everybody who's ever done this segment before, right into the podcast and tell me, but what, what were your years for high school? We should, we should probably put that out there. Uh, so in, in Webster, which is the town that I, I lived in, um, technically only your sophomore, junior and senior years were spent in the high school. So the middle school would start in seventh grade and we had two middle schools by the time I was in middle school. Cause there's like. 1500 kids so uh they would they would break them up middle school would be seven eight and and nine so your freshman year and then everyone would filter back into high school for 10 11 and 12 before they had two high schools. now they have two high schools but back then it was like 2000 kids in one school um so that would have been graduated in 2000 so it would have been like 98 99 2000 uh, I didn't know there was such a thing as a three-year high school. I don't think yes, I've yeah, ever heard right. of that before. I, no, could, couldn't tell you why they do it that way. I just, I'm pretty sure that they've always done it that way. Interesting. Yeah, the, the freshmen don't get picked on because they're picking on the little wiener kids in seventh and eighth grade, and then then the, the sophomores just get slapped around when they go to high school, which isn't true. It is such a thing. It doesn't matter what the grouping is. We're just going to peel off the people who are the like. It's not like the freshmen benefit. The freshmen are just being dicks at the junior high. They're just being mean sure. to the seventh graders. As soon as they get in the high school, then they're the wimpling, the wimps, weaklings, whatever, getting fucked around. I, bro, bro, shit, shit rolls why down. Why do that? You know? do that. Shit always rolls downhill. It's who can you look down at and be like, you know what? Fuck this guy. It's just how it works. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about the history of like fat camps, and it was it was. They talk about Martin Van Buren and his Christmas ham <laughs> pull-ups. It didn't come up. Uh, it, it was a sad ass show, though, and uh, a lot of bad stuff. Turns out that stuff's not very effective. Who can believe it? But one <laughs> of the things they brought up was that uh, at his, they, they, there was like a study where they talked to people who went to fat camps in their youth, like later. And one of the things they found was that at the fat camps, they just did the same thing where the skinniest fat kids were really mean to the fattest kids there. And it was like, here's my chance. Now I'm the fucking hottest person here. And all the ladies want to hook up with me. And you're the fattest person here. Nobody fucking likes you at all. And it's like, and as soon as they went back, like, well, now I'm the fat one because I'm not at the fat camp. But who cares? Here's my chance. Like, Everybody's fucking terrible, Bill. So, so what's interesting to me is, uh, so obviously society has some level of animosity 
toward those of us with big bones. Um, but when I think about like, remember how like uh, in the back of the comics or boys life or whatever, there was the ads with the, you know, the x-ray specs guy. And there was always that little comic, right. With the big jacked guy uh, picking on Atlas. Uh, yeah, kind of Charles Atlas. And that, isn't that what had the cartoon where like the little wiener kid gets like yeah on at the beach and then he comes back jacked and all the bras. Like, Bad news for you. So so when did society make the leap from being like fucking with a little pipsqueak kid to being like, all right, you're you're fine, Arnie. I'm going to go find some fat kids to pick on. Like, when did that happen? Did, were there fat people in, like, 1930? That's where I was going to go, is, like, the fattest <laughs> It's just person everyone's so hungry like, that well, no one... First off, everybody's 5'6", and then there was one guy who was 185 pounds, and secretly, like, he might be the strongest guy in town. Maybe we shouldn't <laughs> fuck with him. But then Fatty Arbuckle showed up, and that fat fuck, we can definitely oh, make fun oh. of him. Maybe it's all Fatty Arbuckle's fault. He made it funny to be, like, shitting on a fat guy. Look, W.C. Fields was kind of portly, right? Yeah, he was a little he bit of a chubbier dude. Everyone seemed to dig him. Uh, Ch- Churchill wasn't wasn't a skinny many, right? Didn't he have a little bit of a little thing, a little bit of a sure. boiler? Even Everyone then, loves even, that fucking guy. You, you look at those pictures from back then, though, and it's like, goddamn, that, Winston Churchill. That's half of me. Who's who's <laughs> impressed? A buck seventy five. fattest. This guy drinks thirty martinis a day. Fattest guy I've ever seen. 192 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we can blame it on uh, the Campbell's company and Kellogg's and just yeah. just feeding us grain feed into our maws yeah. for the last how about, how about we see what happens if Winston Churchill eats three McChickens a day for 30 <laughs> years? How about we look into that? Thinks he's so much better than me, idiot. Fuck that guy. Okay, let's get back to your uh, high school. What, first off, what, what was your... What was the mascot? What was the uh, team name? Uh, I believe back then we were uh, the thinly veiled racist warriors. Warriors. You get yeah. you, 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 any uh, interesting imagery there? Involved. Tomahawk. There was, okay. I think there was a tomahawk involved. If I remember correctly, the, the colors were very blue and very gold. Blue and gold. Blue and gold's nice. I don't mind blue and gold. Like a bit. Like not even like a cool. Like. Just shy of navy, so like a darker blue, but not really dark. And then uh, almost like like if if you know like the UCLA uh, the white jerseys with the it's a little more of like an actual gold helmet as opposed to like a yellow that we're calling gold mm-hmm. is kind of along those lines, except more blue. It was okay, be boring. But um, and then were you like the quarterback of the football team? Oh, yeah, clearly, yeah. No, what, so what, 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 what did you, what did you, what, did you do anything? Did you have any activities? Were you like a no student council, student body president? Tried out for golf team a couple times, and that was really just to play a local private golf course, uh, which I thought was like one of the nicest courses and just isn't, but it's like fine, you know, for like $5. Like if you tried out for the team, you got to shoot nine for $5 on like a school day. It was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. So I tried out and just was so bad. So bad. The moment you said tried out for the golf team, I instantly went to, seems like a good idea, like, unless you hate playing golf. Like, even if you just are, I wonder if I like golf. Try out for the golf team. They have to let, I mean, unless there's some sort of pre-screen, like, 
we're going to the driving range and you have to hit five balls in the air or else you don't get to go. And like, we did that sort of stuff, but like they clearly knew that some people were just there hanging. So, no. you know, I, I think they had like their eye on the 12 yeah. people who probably eventually made the team. Everyone else is like, all right. You should, you should be so time. lucky as to just go hang out and play some cheap golf one day. That sounds right? amazing. Uh, but no, I was, I, I was more or less the same kind of dude. I had a circle of friends that were, you know, we weren't like metal kids, but we were like, like Gen Xers, frankly, like a bunch of like soft John Benders. Um, but I had friends that were on the football team. Like I kind of got along with everyone that wasn't fucking awful. And I was maybe mean to a couple kids that were, that were awful. And you know, I just found my niche. Were so you say you were not a metal kid? Was there a distinct group? You're like those are metal kids over there. Yeah, so there were clearly like kids that came in with like, you know, whether it be the the aggressive sort of fascist jackets for some reason, or uh, spikes, or lots of chains, or maybe occasionally doing like makeup hair spike shit, like real like, like we're in that two. There weren't a lot of these kids, but like two school. Correct. Wow. Um, not a lot of them. It wasn't like there was like a, a roving pack of 40, you know, Sid Viciouses. Sid Vicious Eye. Sid Vicious um, Eye. <laughs> Sid uh, But there were certainly kids that were like, you know, big ass black leather boots up to their knees with like platforms and spikes. And yeah, that, that, that wasn't me. I made fun of those kids too. Sure. Uh, but, you know, I would occasionally... Uh, tout the virtues of the band fear factory for some reason you know so you know sometimes you're into a little uh a little a little late period slayer you know whatever i was was like a metallica kid like at that point was your school known for anything like being especially good at like like oh like we're good at this sport or we're good at music you're good you're a good football school yeah i think we want it's probably what you want I think we won states my senior year, um, which I mean in New York is a lot of a lot of schools. You would right? think, yeah. Um, and then they were really really good. After like they were good when I was there. They won states um, my senior year, <clears throat> and actually my buddy, a friend, a good friend of mine, uh, was actually the starting quarterback on that team. And they blew his ACL out that year, so Damn. he walked around on crutches the whole the whole time. Um, and then after I left school, they like went on this like tear where they just like won like, you know, every sectional title for like the next 10 years. Wow. And then I think that was part of why there's two high schools now is like other people in the section, uh, which I mean, Monroe County is there's 800,000 people. Like it's not a small county. Like it's, you know, the Rochester metro area is like 1.1 million. So it was like a big area and people were pissed because. Webster had these th- three giant classes every year. Cause like the, the classes after mine, I was 654 within two years, like it was like 750. So it was like 2,400 kids and they just pluck out like these dominant football teams and everyone was pissed off. Cause you know, the other classes, even the big ones, the other big towns have multiple high schools and the other big classes are like 400. Yeah. And so they were like, no bullshit. And so now we're just like, I guess both programs are good, but not what they were. I have to say, this is kind of what happens in Friday Night Lights. They eventually split up the schools. The third season, they're like, oh, 
we're not. It's you have to be two schools instead of one now, and it fucks up all the football stuff. I, hey man, Coach Taylor yep. overcomes though, if you can believe it. Who's Coach Taylor? Is the cool guy, right? He's Someone the guy that I like. like him. Him and Michael B. Jordan get together, and they can't be stopped. Well, who like who? Literally, who was Coach Taylor? Like, what was the actor? Uh, boy, this is a bad look for me. I can't pull it right now. He's is that a guy that we like care about? I mean, he's handsome. I, we, we will have it. I'll, I'll just Google it. I'll look. I assume he's handsome. I mean, yeah, it's Coach Taylor. Kyle Chandler. Oh yeah, I love Kyle Chandler. Love that guy. He's fine and everything, but he's Coach Taylor, and you don't really. Okay. You, you hear Kyle? Oh, Kyle Chandler's in something. Seven people must have said no. Okay, cool. <laughs> as long as he's like the fourth lead. Absolutely, yeah. He's 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 wearing like the FBI jacket in the background. He's fucking always wearing a federal <laughs> agency jacket. He could be ATF, but he'd rather not be. SEC during uh, in Wolf of Wall Street. I think he's SEC. Like, yeah, he's always got a little bit of bureaucratic heft. Uh, you have a, how about this? This is what I always ask. I don't know if I, we necessarily always get good answers. Did you have a big, a big scandal in your high school? Did we have a big scandal? I guess not. Um, I think we had a kid, uh, and I, man, this is going to sound so bad. I'm pretty sure that we had a kid die, um, in like a car accident because he was a little bit of a wild child one point he had brought a gun to school in like middle school um and i believe he passed away in like a crazy car accident um at some point when i was in high school i want to say there was a situation where as a senior prank like a cow ended up on like the second floor of the high school how did this happen at your high school and not mine oh wait 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 did you say second floor of the high school that might be the issue right there I, you know, if you, if you only got the one, <laughs> you had three. We had kind of a split level on the end. Yeah, other than that, not really like a big scandal that I can remember. There's probably something massive, and I just blocked it out because I didn't give a shit. That's but no, I don't I don't think so. Um, we have the last and always most important question. Did you go to prom? I went to senior ball so is that the same thing or is that distinct uh, we always had prom was junior year ball what the hell was going you got three years of high school and there's a prom and a ball and they're not the same junior prom and senior ball i believe so i went to senior ball did not go to junior prom asked a girl to go to junior prom uh who i was interested in and had a very interesting non-relationship relationship with uh, but she was like, yeah, no, I'm not going. I feel like I've heard this story before. Not necessarily relating to prom, but all the really? other details. Oh, yeah, that's, that sounds pretty familiar with my interactions with the ladies. Uh, yeah, she was a really good friend of mine for a long time, and we, like, did the should they. It was very sitcom-esque where it was like, are they going to date? Should they date? Like, oh, one's dating someone else, but they seem to hang out a lot. And then one time it just Something like something not great happened. Not something like not great, but just ends got crossed and it was a weird thing. And then she dated my buddy and it was real weird. And it was a whole, whole thing. So it's a real Sam and Diane situation, except she ended up dating coach. 
Yeah, he's he definitely wasn't a Frasier. So at, <laughs> at, best, at best, it's a Woody. But if she starts like, being Frasier, never... you're better off. That means you you were like, you know what? This was never going to work out. I'm did you see that? Happened. Did you see that goddamn thing? The 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 thing that was going around the old the old twi- twitters where it was like the the DVD cover of Cheers, right? Season one. Okay. And it was the fi- It was like coaches on there. Sam's on there. Diane's on there. Uh, fucking Rhea Perlman's on there. And uh, maybe Fr- Cliff and Norm. Someone- yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliff and Norm. And superimposed over each one of their photos. You know, they're all around Cheers season one and superimposed over over the photos. Are their ages? Their actual ages at the at the time? Oh no, season one. <laughs> and let me tell you, my friend. When you see that Cliff and Norm, and he, frankly, and even Ted Danson, were like legit 34 years old in 1983 or whatever when Cheers started, like you look at them and you're like, I simply don't believe it. Those people are 52. Right. I don't know if the generation before us just fucking smoked all the cigarettes in the world and they all looked like catcher's mitts. But something happened in that generation gap, or maybe it was with Gen X because I feel like they they have aged pretty well. Uh, but like that that cohort of people that are like thirty years older than us, when they were thirty and we were newborns, looked like they were like fifty five years old. All of them. Go watch Chinatown, and J- and Jack Nicholson's like. 36 years old and he looks like 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 grizzled he's grizzled. <laughs> it's it's outrageous it is a real thing i think there's it's probably some selection bias and we just lose the people who dare to age in such a fashion now in hollywood like you just don't get any more jobs if you don't look 10 years younger than you are starting at 28 yeah like actual young people can get jobs and then it's just you're in trouble because you yeah you're cameron diaz you just oh you're 38 see ya yeah or you're nicole kidman and your face looks like it's made of you know nothing but the finest polished vinyl i was gonna say so many different (laughs) ways you could go with that you think the face your face looks like it's made of could just be like a match game throw in and then like oh and and you know what not the easy one but the tough one where you like where it's designed that nobody actually gets any matches and like all six celebrities have six different actual funny answers. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I, what was I supposed to do? I couldn't win this one. They always, they always fuck you on that match game. They do. Uh, I think that's 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 a good summation of your high school experience. That the guys from Cheers are not the ages you think. <laughs> uh, Bill, it's time for our next segment. What sauce are you bringing to the table this week? So I've been thinking about this because, you know, a little BTS behind the scenes, but we had talked about uh, when this was going to work for both of us. And so I've been trying to put some thought into it. And I think I got to go with pesto and just a general pesto. Right. But also acknowledging that really the the, the true, uh, the, the most underrated aspect of pesto is that not all pesto doesn't have to be basil, garlic, pine nut, regular pesto. You could do all sorts of different other fucking pestos, right? Like you could, you could do like a cilantro walnut. You could do a whole bunch of things as long as you got some herbs and some oils and some some nuts, 
maybe a little cheese in there. You're, you're, you're loving life. Pesto is a great call. You're never, I mean, honestly, what Petro, Petro, what Pesto really is, is like a statement of purpose. And like when someone, t- if so, you can put lots of different ingredients in there, but someone tells you like, this is a Pesto, they're like, I promise this is good. <laughs> if it weren't good, I wouldn't have called it pesto because nope. pesto always kicks ass. And sure, we got some wiggle room. We can do some stuff. If you give me something and say it's pesto and assess, well, buddy, this ain't pesto. You did it wrong. You did well, not make me pesto. Let, let's make a very clear distinction that I would be remiss if I didn't make. We are not talking in any way, shape, or form about pesto aioli, <laughs> pesto mayo. Pesto ranch dressing. Get the fuck out of here. I'm talking a coarse, preferably made by hand with the with the blade of the knife. Pesto, herbs, oil, nut, maybe a little cheese in there. But I'm not looking for egg yolks. I'm not looking. Look, don't look. If I go to a place and I go to get a like a nice caprese sandwich, right, which I've been trying to eat a lot of a little bit lately. Um, and they're like, oh, we got some mozzarella and some tomatoes with a pesto mayo. I, you you might as well say that there's dog shit on that sandwich. <laughs> and it's like pesto dog shit. I'm set. I, I literally will get something else. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's not the same. Pesto doesn't have mayonnaise in it. You could do a little variety, do whatever you want, so long as you have uh, the actual pesto somewhere that when I say, hey, can you just put a little little of that green pesto on there, no no mayo, you can be like, you know what, sir, for you, we could do it. That's all I'm looking for. Uh, I This may be controversial to, or at the very least, surprising. I am always a fan of creaming it up. <laughs> I always want to do it. But I think this is truly a bridge too far. Like, I guess if you want to tell me it's a pesto mayo or it's a pesto sauce... Maybe I'll consider, but really, I, I just I, I think I am in complete agreement here, and that I don't want. If you, once you say pesto, I already read that word. It's not fair to come back and be like, "Well, here's another word that changes it." It's like, "Well, you got my hopes up already." Just tell me, like, it's a weird green mayo, and it's got this in it. Like, and again, basil, I'm probably going to be fine. You know, like Absolutely. do something like that. Basil aioli will do just creamy basil aioli will suffice. Oh, but when, once you give me pesto and I go down that road, it's like, well, it's not anymore. Uh, I, I can say without equivocation that my pesto intake has certainly minimum tripled since uh, Gina Rochelle came into my life. Gina oh, yeah. is uh, Italian and very into pesto. And always pushing it and always just like when you're at the Whole Foods and they got the pesto that looks good. We're just like, that'll go on something. We're going to get two things of this and take it home. And goddamn, every time it does and every time it's fucking great. Terrific. You you, you don't fail when you go down that road. Again, as long as they they tell you pesto and you get the vibe that's going to be real, they're telling you it's good. That's that's code for good. Do do you guys... um... Do you guys keep any, like, basil plants? Uh, no. I have... I Everybody gives me all the business about how easy it is 
to grow all these herbs, and I, I don't fucking keep them alive. It's kind I don't of know not. what's it, it. Maybe it's easy for you. It's not easy for me. I, we 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 have tried I've tried it. Yeah, many basil plants, um, and they often don't make it because we either overwater them or undersun them or oversun. It's it's not as easy as it looks. Um, but but the one thing that if you do have a like a new because usually like there's there's two types of basil plants right like you yeah. go to the store and you get the basil in the dirt and you're like you know what this is the rest of my summer I'm just gonna make this shit happen and then like three weeks later you have like what's left you know of this stringy mess uh, but for a while there you want to get into some pesto the best way to preserve your basil that's what that's where pesto originally came from right is the preservation of these of these herbs that are very uh, perishable and will go away. But if we chop them up and we put them in some oil, this bitch is a hangout forever, you know? So you should, you should get your girl Gina, who is, uh, an angel, frankly, for, for, uh, bringing pesto more into your life. No one disputes uh, this. Maybe do a little, a little, a little basil plant and say, Hey, let's make some, some fresh pesto. I like it. And then the first time you'll do it, you'll be like, Oh, that was good, but can we just do it in like, like literally a blender or a food processor. <laughs> sure, you can, but you shouldn't. What you should do is eat pesto every chance you get. Correct. There's, I mean, I'm not gonna say that it's like every sandwich benefits, but you just smear that on just about any slice of bread and you just got some cheese on there. Like you're done. That's all you needed. And if you keep going, you're only going to do even better. Yep. Like you just get any pasta just pulls out, just smear some of that on there. Oh my God. Like you, you think you're making better meals that take 10 times as long. You're not. This is what you want to eat. Eat pesto. Okay, Bill, it's time. We've had a nice time so far. Everything's been going smoothly. We seem to be getting along okay. I, I've sensed uh, some contentiousness on your end, not on mine. But it's time to blow everything up. It's time to do Pat's Mystery Box. Jesus. Quick so, setup. Oh. Yeah, please let me, give me. Yeah, let me build. I might have comments, and then <laughs> Bill was a little upset before we get started, but that's fine. Here's how Pat's mystery box works. I tell him in advance. I tell Pat in advance of the show who the guest is, and uh, Pat sends me two questions. One of which we will discuss on the show, and the hook of the segment is we're going to read out. I'm going to read out the first question. I have not seen either of these uh, in advance. I read the first question without discussing it. Bill and I will decide whether we're going to talk about that. And then if we talk about it, we don't get to talk about the second question, but we will read it on the air so we know what it is. And then if we pass on the first question, we are then required to talk about the second question. That's how Pat's Mystery Box works. Uh, Bill, what do you think of this segment? Look, I, look, it's a bit, and I get it, and you know, we all benefit from rules and structure, allegedly. Uh, I, I just, you know, Pat comes up with some interesting takes, and like, I don't want to be forced with a with a with a hand in the bush thing, a bird in the hand versus the one the one in the bush, you know, the one in the two. 
like, why can't, what if, if both questions are good, why can't we just talk about both questions? Why do I gotta like gamble? Now look, this first question might be dog shit, in which case I'd just be like, oh god, that's a stupid question. And then we could just move on, right? But what if the first question is genuinely compelling, right? And then we talk about it and we, we tell jokes and we connect as, as brothers and friends. And then you read the second one. And I'm like, oh, I get, I got 20 minutes on that. Let's do it. I, it just seems like a lost opportunity, but I, you know, I, I, I appreciate the bit and I'm, I'm willing to respect it and, and the rules that are set for it. I, I'm glad you're willing to respect the bit because you will do so. But I also think what are your, that Pat knows you're the guest. I know. You think two good questions are coming? <laughs> Don't you think these questions will be designed to trap you in some way? Maybe he wants I'm to. concerned about zero good questions. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he's we'll looking see. to spur some content here. I feel like this whole segment is more or less designed to look fine until Bill comes on the podcast and then just the, the trap closes. Yeah, you find out Pat's jigsaw. I can't get out of my apartment. There's somebody out the window for you. Okay, I hope Pat's motives are pure. It's time to find out. Again, as I said, I have not read these. Here's question one. Just like the first pick of the draft. The witch, the lighthouse, and once upon a time in Hollywood each have exactly an 83 on Metacritic. Which of the three is the most overrated? None is not an acceptable answer. That's question one. So see, now the first thing to consider is, are we going up from here? (laughs) Or if I say this is a dog shit question, and then just frankly, to be clear, answer it in the chat in like three minutes. No, no, that, that, is a, that is a good point, is that there's nothing in the segment that suggests, and in fact, I would encourage you, if you want to respond to both questions, you just start a fight in the chat about the other question. Instantly, don't even have to like the podcast. Is not I can't, so I can't answer it and get the second question. Right. We, you, you See, that answer. sucks because like we don't have to talk about this. I could just give you like a two-word answer, or a three-word answer, or however. Right. But, I mean, that's part of it too. Is do you think this will be a good conversation? It might be. You think there's such a clear answer, it won't actually be interesting. Also, I can tell you, I've only seen one of these movies. You haven't seen The Witch of the Lighthouse. That's correct. Oh. I feel like, look, I'm skipping this question. I'm okay. not answering it. I will discuss it later after this episode okay. comes out. And people, oh, by the I way, should that's probably watch think. The Lighthouse, right? I think you would really, I think The Lighthouse is very much up your alley. I don't okay. know that The Witch is very I much don't up. think The Witch is up my, I, I have a long list that I very slowly make my way through of movies I intend to watch. And I will say that The Lighthouse is on it and The Witch is not. I, I think you would. I, I think the lighthouse would be a good match. For you. Okay. So uh, I'm going to watch the lighthouse, but it sounds I'm not like we're... answer which one of those is the most overrated. I appreciate your commitment to the you know questionably interesting bit that I've put together here. 
I well, so and and this is this came up recently, right? Because when, when I saw the Northmen, yeah. I, uh, I I declined to share my opinions until I had two plus beers, and then immediately got into it. But <laughs> my new philosophy, <clears throat> as someone who I think is fortunate to have the freedom to go see movies, maybe more frequently than other people, uh, is that I'm not going to share my opinions on movies as much until someone else is there to, to tango with me. I don't want to ruin anyone's experience. I want everyone to be able to take everything for, for, for what it is for them and say, oh, God, that was dog shit. Then I could be like, Pat, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. Uh, or, or vice versa, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to play it down down the middle so as to not taint the sample. This Okay, this is not... Pat's question is, which of those three movies is the most overrated? We're not discussing that. But I like this. I want to talk about that a little bit because this is a thing in my old age I have found a lot. I used to be, you will be shocked to learn this, something of a hater in a lot of ways. And then eventually I was like, is that, how is that fun for other people? You come in and somebody's like, I'm excited to watch this movie. And then I say, well, I fucking watched it and it sucks. And it's like, well, where do we go now? This sucks. I, but I like this idea of, you know what? If I'm going to come in really high or really low, I'm willing to go wherever my feelings on the film take me. But you got to watch the movie first. And I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to tell you before you even go to see it. By the way, don't get excited about that piece of shit that you were theoretically excited about before. I like this idea of... Yeah, it throws everything off. Yeah, I, th I think that that's a way to balance. But, but also, if you hate the movie, you still get to come in and be like, oh, by the way, that sucked. <laughs> that wasn't yeah, any good. Or, for sure. Or, and obviously, and there would certainly be times when you're on the other end of it. Like, no, actually, it was amazing. And you're wrong. Yeah, you say absolutely. it's no good. But I, I, I like that uh, centering of the argument and just being like, you know what? Until... You go see it. I got nothing to say. And you should go see movies. So I'm not concerned that I'm going to like talk you into or out of seeing a movie you yeah. otherwise see. And, and go see I, movies I, and you'll do well for yourself. It's become sort of my my status quo. I got no. I guess not my status quo. My uh, modus operandi when it comes to movies is once something gets on the list of things that I want to see, whether that's because I saw a trailer and I don't know anything about it, but I was intrigued or because it's a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie or someone I like is in it, whatever the hook is, right? I'm kind of to the point where, like, that's it, I'm done, and I'm going radio silent, right? And and my buddy, who's a very good friend of mine, has the exact opposite approach where he reads reviews ahead of time and just inevitably gets in this spot where he's like, oh, I really wanted to see it, but then I read the reviews and they made it sound like it was underwhelming and then I went and saw it and I didn't like it or I'm not going to see it now or, uh, you know, uh, the, the the reviews were middling. Uh, I, like, what are you doing? If you have any interest at all, you should just watch the movie. Yeah. And if the worst thing that you did uh, on that particular night was spend two hours watching a movie you ultimately didn't like, like, okay, okay. I, I really like. I think if you're watching movies, only watching movies that you like, you're not watching enough movies. Like, you, I'm not saying go find dog shit, but you should probably be like, oh, that didn't really work for me. At some point over the course of a goddamn year, like, really? So you watched 60 movies and you loved all of them? Like, <laughs> maybe you just need. Sounds like you got to expand. You know what I mean? 
it's especially it's like you really like movies. There's probably a lot more movies you'll like out there. Yeah, if you are yeah. sixty for sixty. It's like you might like everything. Maybe you should only watch movies. Leaving a lot of a lot of shit on the table there. Uh, I I definitely agree in uh, that regard. Generally, what you're saying about going into radio silence. I remember, like, I, th- th- this was the first one that I fully went all out for it, but I did not even watch a trailer for Licorice Pizza, where it, it's like it's I'd have what I have to be encouraged to go see this. Obviously yeah, not. I'm going to see it, so why don't I? This just is go- the only thing there is that I know I will see no matter what. And obviously those trailers are special given that, you know, he cuts Paul Thomas Anderson cuts the trailers himself. And so I, I certainly went and watched it afterwards because I'm, I'm excited about that stuff, but there's just nothing. There's no reason once you know, you want to see a movie. You're in, you're in. What yeah. are you doing? Okay. Okay. So I, what's Pat's second question? I will, again, I have not seen these in advance. I don't pre-screen them. I don't cheat on this. And just to be clear, you can't once you yeah. Drop, there's no going back. This is it. Don't We're go talking back. about this. Okay. I predict this is bad. <laughs> well, the first one was no great shakes. So, do you regret going to law school? Oh wow! We could do like a six-part thing on this. Um. Uh. No, no, I don't. Um. Speak on that. <laughs> Now, do I objectively recognize that there are certain aspects to that decision that uh, were, one, not great in the moment, and in retrospect, still very much not great? Yes. Uh, That being said, um, some of my best friends, obviously, and, and some people I don't really like that much, but I continue to talk to for some reason. I'll let you all figure out who, who, who's who. Um, I I had a lot of fun, which was not what I intend, intended, right? Like, so I came out of the working world and was like, oh, no, I'm going to, like, dress business casual and, like, go to, like, class at 8 in the morning. Like, like work. Like, go to the office. Can we talk about your suggestion that you went to class at 8 in the morning? So, I went <laughs> the first week. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that on the day that we did like our little orientation type thing, maybe it was the first day of class. So like two days later or the next week or whatever, I'm pretty sure that it was Tamar. I saw Tamar in CivPro wearing her pajamas. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And I looked around and there were other people wearing pajamas. And And this was early for wearing pajamas in public. It's only been normalized since then. Oh my God. Then it was like unheard of. But in my mind, what that said was, oh yeah, no, this is just like underground, baby. So then it was like, hey, we need to go out all the time. So I had a great time. Uh, and it's, it's been what 10, 10 plus years of just a lot of joy. Right. And I don't think that I probably would have ended up with my wife had I not got a lot of like ripple butterfly effect bullshit. But man, it would just be nice not to owe somebody somewhere all the money in the world yeah. with no prospects of ever paying it off and hopefully one day just eating a tax bomb that maybe I can somehow that... turn. I got the whole thing. I, I got it all planned out like 15 more years and then someone's going to be like, all right, well, we've forgiven 
three million dollars in in uh, student loans and interest. So here's the tax on that. That's going to be a million and a half. And then you rent a plane and you jump out of it and it crashes into a mountain. I'm on a roller gay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like you, you read about that and it's about about how the tax stuff works with the way things are currently set. And it's just like Congress will have to fix this. It's like, oh, just like all the other things Congress has to fix that get fixed. Oh, good. I'll look forward to that real soon. No. I, 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 I so it's just, it's a bankruptcy. Okay, good. I'm just going to go bankrupt if I happen to live that long. Outstanding. I, to be fair, if I had to go, ba- and I certainly don't mean to humble brag, but I had really shitty credit for a long time and did very responsible things to get it to the point where my credit's pretty good now. And I've got a car and I've got a house uh, and everything is all set. I could probably take the next seven years <laughs> off to outlast a bankruptcy. I'm just saying. I like I don't know how that would work because like I like again my credit's pretty good so I don't know if you could just be like look I understand that my credit's pretty solid but I'm just gonna call it because I got some shit coming at me once they pass this law. So that's always the thing is that nobody it's 25 years from the start. It's not for everyone. It's like it, it depends on dispersal time, but for us it's 25. Right. That does feel like a potential interesting job opportunity. Look, fee, start figuring out now financial planning for people who are going to hit this. And like for, especially for people like you, where it's like, what does it look like 10 years out? Or, and then obviously we can, hey, everybody who wants to pay for this service can pay for it. So if you're a year out, what can we do right now? Get this shit in order with the assumption that, you know, Congress has to fix this, but isn't going to fix this. So what what how what is an advantageous position? Because there's a wide range of ways to come out of this. Correct. Assuming you're going to get a tax bill that is uh, unconscionable and unsustainable. Yeah, I I mean, uh, massive. Yeah. Um, I mean, lower than. The outstanding balance on the loan, but you know, but like, they, they, they they don't often call and say pay the outstanding balance on the loan. It sounds like they might call and say that, for them. that balance will, will will punch me in the face at some point. Yeah, um, I, I've actually uh, we have a quote financial guy who's just a buddy who works in that world and thinks that someday we'll make him money somehow. And boy, is he! As <laughs> I hope he's realized that his emails go unanswered for a reason. <laughs> um, but we have talked about, like, you know, if you wanted to, if that's the plan, you could, you know, just start to invest in, like, a Roth and then hope that it grows over the next 15 years and then you use that. But it's like, uh, have you seen how many records I buy, man? I'm not doing that. I got to give you all my money. That sounds stupid. Not giving stupid. you all my money is no better than giving the government all my money. I, I want my money. Congress is going to fix it anyway. Yeah. So. I'm talking about moving stuff around while I don't even notice. That's what I need. Right? So, yeah, it's... uh. That part's not great. Uh, yeah, that part's bad. Unfortunately, I, 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 I feel like we're fortunate, and I don't want to get my head bitten off, but I feel like a fair amount of our little group uh, is either all done with their loans, uh, props to, to Mr. Yorty, or uh, the, the, the folks who have put in the public service stuff and are either on the brink or just over the brink. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, some of those other fat cats who shall go unnamed but work for 
large, I don't know, multi-banks. Yeah. Again, uh, not naming they, they names. Probably just pay that shit off. Or you know? it's like, well, that's actually profitable debt for me. It's better not to pay it off and borrow right. and spend other things. Like, I don't give a shit about that because the interest rate's so low. Especially once you refinance. If you say, because, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, Bill. Some people have student loan debt that they don't have, like, income-based repayment stuff on. I... I it's weird for me to think about, but I've heard that that's the case, that they're just like, no, actually, you just have to pay the thing because you make so much money. Now, I can't see that much money from where I stand, but that, that, that's, uh, that's, that is a fact that they're just like, oh, well, you refinance your money because you don't give a shit about income-based repayment. Uh, I had uh, – it's technically a fraternity brother. He was a good five, six years after I got out of college uh, who ended up going to law school at UB. And I met with a couple times before he uh, moved, but we talked about student loans and he's like, oh, well, you got to refinance. And I'm like, yeah, but do, do, do I need to show you like, uh, like from a cash flow perspective, why that's not going to happen? <laughs> he goes, yeah, but you're paying so much in interest. I go, yeah, I know. But what, well, let me tell you what I don't want to be paying so much in principle either. You know, like it's like I could, it, it's, it's, it's whether I'm going to eat yeah. the shit later or eat the shit now. I, I'm kind of always just going to eat this shit later because what if the shit, by, by the time I eat it, it tastes like vanilla cake. You know what I mean? The, I know it tastes like shit now. I don't know that it's going to taste like shit in 17 years. When they ask you to refinance, you know why? It's because they think you're going to pay your loans off. And it's like, well, that's a mistake. Uh, definitely do not. Like, you should not be offering me this if you think I'm going to do that. What a bad deal for you. Uh, Incorrect. <laughs> uh, so that's so you liked going to law school. You like buying records. I don't regret it. You wish. I mean, well, I mean, you had fun at that time. Yes. Doing okay now. And again, you can. It, it's the easiest game to play here. And if you want to answer the question and not think about it too much is, I don't hate my life. Who knows what the fuck I would have done if I hadn't gone to law school? Maybe I'd be dead. On the table. Who knows? Or working at a grocery store like 25 years in now. And I mean, that's. You know, Wegmans. Three more people retire and you can be assistant manager. You, you know? Whatever the really good title that isn't the top is. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't regret it, but there are some things that I feel like maybe could have been done differently. Or perhaps maybe don't borrow money to go to law school would be a I'm really good in between. Yeah, that would have been terrific. Yeah. Had or schools just, that were like, hey, do you want to come here for free? And I was like, you idiots. No, That's, I'm a genius. I have to go to a great school. And I, also, you fools, my girlfriend lives in Champaign, and we're probably going to get married before long. Woof. Woof. I, re, I remember. Definitely woofs McGee. <laughs> oh, she was the best. Um, I looked at uh, UB, University of SUNY Buffalo, but, you know, University of Buffalo, uh, and I believe this could be wrong. If I remember correctly, to go for all three years would have been like $38,000. And let me tell you what uh, the uh, legal community that I work in has a shit ton of people that went to UB. So maybe had I aimed higher, uh, going to a, quote, better school would have been much more uh, uh, lucrative or beneficial. But I was just like, nah, you know... I'll try this Arizona thing for a couple of weeks. I'm probably just going to end up at home. Now, 
there's a lot of motherfuckers that went to Syracuse Law, which uh, is does not have the benefits of UB and probably cost the same goddamn amount that mine did, <laughs> only at Syracuse. And let me tell you, Newhouse might be the, the tit spot for sports broadcasting, not where you want to go for, <laughs> for law school. So fuck them kids. Like, I, I, it, at the end of the day, things could have gone a lot worse. That's That's a good point. That's been uh, Pat's mystery box. Yeah. So I don't. Do, I don't I like answer the right question. Yeah, I, think, I am I, going to address the other question at a later date. Yeah, you hit it up. I think, but I think I think we did well. I think Pat. By the way, uh, this is how we'll do it. Um. Now, Pat, if you if you're going to address the other question, I'm going to edit it out of the podcast. So don't try no. to do. Okay, okay, just 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 checking. I'm gonna. Okay, is it okay to say that I, I think? that Pat should have to answer the question when he listens and that I have a fair amount of faith that Pat's answer of the question will be the same answer that I came up with. I am. I think that's very legitimate and uh, we're, we're all going to be very excited to see. Pat. We'll talk talk about it. Then I'm sure everything can just blow up and we can go for it. Perfect. It's time for our next segment. Do you ever, uh, I mean, let me let me phrase this question in parts. Do you ever lie to people? Do I ever lie to people? You got it right. Uh, yeah, probably, but I try not to. Do you ever lie to people for no reason? Uh, can you give me an example? Unfortunately, I have a lot of examples. Uh, I, because I like the for no reason part is what is is the sticking point. Like this, I can't have a completely superfluous lie that way. I just would be like, "Oh yeah, no, I I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro." No, like, I don't do that. Yeah, uh, but I Gina has pointed this out to me in part because I am incompetent and occasionally make her party to my unnecessary lies. But I have a bad habit. I don't do it. Bill, I would never do this to you. And I don't do it to people I know because it's very inconvenient to lie to people you talk to regularly because then you have to remember the lies you tell them. Correct. But there's no no such qualms when it comes to lying lying to people you do not regularly speak to. Correct. And I often find myself... hmm, this is a lot of uh, passivity that I is perhaps unearned, but I often find myself in situations where I quickly realize, or I quickly think like I can end this conversation faster with lies. And then I find that I'm wrong. And so I'm just lying more. Uh, I'm going to tell you some examples. These are all true. Uh uh, most of the now I've made it. I'll start. I'll skip to the end and say that because I don't like this habit, I whenever I do it, I always if Gina wasn't there, I always at least tell Gina about it. And sometimes I try to tell someone else because I think it discourages me from doing it. Here's a recent example. I was li- still living in Minnesota and I had winter tires for my car and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to 
do winter tires anymore. So I'm just going to sell the winter. I'm going to put, I was in the winter. So I put the all seasons back on the car and I'm going to sell these winter tires. And I found a weirdo on the internet who wanted to buy my winter tires. And I'd been selling a lot of stuff, a lot of furniture and other such things. And people, uh, it's especially people from, like I lived in Minneapolis, but people from the suburbs of Minneapolis were almost always the people coming in to buy my stuff. And they hate Chicago. They'd be like, why are you selling this? I'm like, I'm moving to Chicago. Like, oh God, what are you doing? And they would always just have the worst things to say. And so I was selling my tires to this guy. And and he was like, why are you selling your tires? And I'm like, well, I'm moving to a place where I won't need them. And then he said, where are you moving? And then instantly I'm like, one, he's going to hate Chicago. And two, he might be like, well, maybe you do need winter tires. It's snowy in Chicago. It still snows there. And so I said I was moving to Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, it's a place that's warm. I like it there. I've been there a couple of times. I think it's great. And he said, oh, I bet your job is moving you there. And I said, that's right. They said I got to go. And he said, that's really too bad. They shouldn't do that. I said, yeah, it sucks. I wish I didn't have to move to a place I wasn't moving and would like to move. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like I you're should just be so lucky. Like, even, your, even the rationale is now now alive because you know that if the first two things were actually true, you'd be very excited. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, it's not bad. I, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to go to, uh, to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. That's the end of that part. That's I, what happened. So, so you ever I do that, you, Bill? I bet you've I, never done that in your life. I, I don't. I don't know that I've ever done that. Well, okay. So today I did. Uh, I was on on the telephone with a client who uh, is a little talky, um, and he he. Uh, this is why I would say it's not for no reason. Uh, it was uh, it was an eleven o'clock call, and at eleven fifty five we were still on the telephone. Oh and, boy! And he was like, uh, he goes, you know, and I don't want to hold you up if you've got somewhere to go, but something, something, something. And then the next beat, I was like, actually, no, I do have a call here at uh, at noon that I'm going to have to jump off for. But here's our wrap up. I didn't have a goddamn call at 12. I just had to be done. But that, again, wasn't for no reason. That was for very, very, like, like a deliberate, specific reason is I didn't want to talk to him anymore. I So I, I that's a lot more similar to a standard white lie. And yeah, I guess maybe that's my my real issue is that I'm not good at identifying these situations. And like you did that. And you know what I bet happened next? You got off the call. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. I tell my lie and then I stand there and chat about my lie. So here's someone I, I, yeah, I don't do that. Um, Can I give you another example? Yes. And then I've got a, I've got one for you. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, when I shortly after Gina and I moved to, I don't know why there's so many moving stories here, but shortly after Gina and I moved to uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, we went to a restaurant a block and a half away from our house. And then I ordered a beer and Gina ordered a beer as well. And they said, let me see your IDs. 
and I showed them my ID, and I still had an Illinois ID. And they said, oh, are you on vacation? And I said, yes. <laughs> and they said, where are you staying? And I said, at an Airbnb a couple blocks away. When, in fact, I lived a couple blocks away. Um, and I had to tell them about, like, places I wanted to go in my neighborhood where I lived. So, so now, this... I know that one was in front of Gina. This was the first time Gina saw, it and she was, and again, Gina's like at the table with me, and is like, "I'm in this now." Unless you're visiting me, in which I also have to lie about that. Well, <laughs> can't you just say you can literally see my building if you look over there? And I, I they're like, "You on vacation because you're Illinois ID?" And I said, "Yeah." So when these opportunities present themselves, these incredible opportunities, okay, just once in a lifetime, uh, more like every couple months. <laughs> what is the internal storm that happens that makes you think, "Oh my god, gotta lie, gotta lie, gotta lie"? Like, what is it that, like, what is it? Because usually when you lie, you it's not for no reason. It's because you're either uh, looking to amuse yourself uh, or looking to get out of like you know. Uh, for instrumental value. Like, I don't want to go out tonight, but I told someone I'd go out tonight, so I need to come up with a lie for why I can't go out tonight. That's not for no reason. That's because you you have a goal in mind, and lying gets you closer to that goal. Here is a completely trivial, uh, impactless information with nothing but downside, because in both instances, these are questions that, because you answered in the affirmative, uh, more questions were coming. And if you think about what the alternative answer would have been, you could see how that 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 line of questioning would simply have stopped had you said, oh, yeah, no, I live over there. What's the follow up? Oh, OK. Period. <laughs> you know, that's a great way to describe it, because in my head, it's like I think that it's always going to be easier. Like I don't want to talk to the person I'm talking to. And I think that like if I just go, if I yeah, honestly, it's just like. Yes. And and like, it's just, but then as you say, it's not at all the passive path of least resistance. Like if you say, if I say I'm on vacation, then they want to talk about it. Whereas whereas if I say, no, I live over there, then it's like, oh, just like everyone else, the end. Well, it's almost like they tee you up, right? Yeah. And they they think they're helping me. They think they're doing me a favor to talk about my fun trip. Some part of you is probably like, well, th- they must presume I'm on vacation. So if I just say yes, that'll be the end of it. They probably think I'm pathetic if I oh, live no. here and go to this restaurant. <laughs> oh, uh, no. I was right to lie. Do this type of, of lying all the time. Yeah. Uh, is my darling bride. Oh, I like this. That, that was is. my last thing. My last subsection was. Do you know anyone who does stuff like this? Well, let's get into it because my wife oh boy. does this shit all the time. Uh, and sometimes uh, she's a liar. She's not like a problem liar, but she's like, like a liar uh, for both instrumental uh, uh, in instrumental ways that, that if, you, if she had thought it through would not have gone the way that she wanted. Like one time she made me go to this uh, party event that I did not want to go to. This was fairly early in our relationship, so there was a lot of pressure for me to go. And I, but it was far enough along that I could start to be like, 
I got to be honest, don't really want to go to that. And I did that. And I said, I got to be honest, this sounds not like, like a good time. So I, I don't want to do that. And she said, well, I already bought the tickets, so I'm not going to eat $35. So we have to go. I go, oh, fuck. Okay. Didn't that bitch, the minute we walked in that door, go buy two tickets? I fucking freaked out. And I was like, absolutely. Like, just don't lie to me. Say I have to go. That's the, that's the path. Um, but we last, not this past Christmas, the Christmas before, rented a, a cottage in a ski town a little south of here. And by ski town, I mean, it's just like a hill. Um, but they were talking, my, my wife and her best friend and her husband were talking with the owner and getting it locked in. Um, and for some reason, not, nothing at all. This is literally me and my wife, my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, uh, my wife's best friend, who is basically like sisters with, with my wife and treats my mother-in-law like her mom because her mom passed away some uh, a few years ago. So we're, we're basically family. But rather than just say that in trying to make this reservation, they like came up with this elaborate thing about how like they were actual sisters and like, like it's a, you know, further mom, like it was some outrageous lie. And I was like, so wait a minute, you're going to give this guy $3,000, whatever it was for the week for 10 of us to sleep. You know what he's looking for here? The money. Give him the money and he'll say, thank you. Like in their heads. And I asked them, I go, why are you lying to this guy? Cause like, what if somehow this comes up? And they go, well, we thought that, like, if we said that we were sisters, it would look more wholesome. And I'm like, you people are fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> that is absolutely not how this works. He just wants to rent the place out. Don't say that you're uh, having a kegger with the high school football team. Yeah. And just say, yeah, no, me and my best friend and my mom, like, we're very close and we're going to have a weekend. And that's the end of it. He's just going to cash that check. I, and she's just constantly doing things like that constantly like lying in in ways that don't impact the situation positively and are like just like landmines like well what are you doing what i don't know so it maybe there's an impulse maybe there's a gene that you guys have that are like your your problem liars i i i think i'm good at recognizing that i can't do this with people i'm gonna talk to a lot don't do that. Doesn't and matter. so I, I, I avoid that. But I have one more. This might be the worst one. Uh, we can Then we'll talk about this very generally at the end. Uh, last summer, I don't know if you remember, that's one of the COVID years. Uh, so 2019, right? Yep. Uh, I, there was a, so... In 2020, they canceled the Minnesota State Fair, and everyone was very sad. And then in 2021, they were like, we're going to do the State Fair. It's going to happen. We're very excited. And uh, in like late May, early June, they were like in preparation for the State Fair, in part because like the State Fair, it's like a nonprofit group that runs mm -hmm. it. They were like crushed by not having the fair one year because the whole that's all they got is having the fair every year and then the money didn't come one year so we spent and, we spent six thousand dollars on this butter sculpture and now we're... <laughs> uh 
Uh, and so they were like, we're going to have, and it, it, but it was still like pretty legit COVID time. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, we're going to have this special drive through fair event. And like a bunch of food vendors who are famous for being at the fair will be there and you can get stuff from them and there'll be some other stuff you can drive by. and It's going to be a fun thing. And then also you can buy these tickets and support the fair. And so uh, they put tickets online and it sold out really fast. But I got tickets. And then uh, there was at that time a every Friday afternoon at work. We had a weekly, like, just social meeting to be like, hey, what's up? How's everybody doing? Because nobody was seeing each other. And so I went and I was in that thing. And then somebody was like, hey, do you guys hear about this state fair thing they're doing? And I said, yeah, I got tickets. I'm going to go. And then everybody was like, cool. I tried to get tickets, but I couldn't go. And then Saturday or Sunday, whenever we were going to go, came. Gene and I were like, this sounds lame. Let's not go. And we didn't go. But then that next meeting came and somebody fucking remembered and was like, hey, hey John. Tickets, how'd it go? How'd that go? And instantly I'm like, everybody else wanted tickets, but they couldn't get them. And I had tickets and I couldn't be bothered to go. So I said I went. And then people were like, how was it? And let me tell you. I read about it on Twitter. So I had plenty of details and I just told everybody I went and I said that like, I got this and I got this and I did this and I didn't eat meat. So I couldn't get this, but it looked good. And then as soon as it was over, like my one main work friend, I was like, this is egregious. And so I messaged her and was like, by the way, I was lying during all of that. I feel bad, but it's a thing that I do, and I want to. I think it's important that I acknowledge that I did this. And she was like, "Yeah, that sucks. Don't do that." But I understand, and she was nice about it. And so nothing bad happened. That's the end of the story. But I'm insane, right? I gotta not do this anymore. I gotta like one of these stories. I gotta note the first story was from like two months ago. This is not over. So, okay. So, uh, have you given any thought or consideration? Therapy, right? It's just therapy. To the Let's go to therapy. Uh, I mean, I think everyone might want to might want to do that at this point. Um, everyone but me, because I'm fine. Um, Except for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you given any thought or consideration to the notion that you might just be a really bad liar? Because no, wait, wait, no. Have any of these lies been unsuccessful? I might be a really good liar. I I got to be honest. The decision making from. So I'm bad at deciding when to lie. Perhaps uh, it sounds like you're making dis- bad at, or bad at making decisions around lies in general. Because let me tell you, had I found myself in that situation where I'm, you know, uh, like waist deep in a lie about a state fair I didn't go to, I'm certainly not messaging someone connected to the person I was talking to to say that I'm lying. The person what? I told was cool. I told a cool person. Oh, it was no. fine. No, the, the play she there. Didn't tell was- anyone I was lying. You don't think she did, did she? The play there was to say that you had a COVID exposure and couldn't go. And then just over. The, at most, your follow-up questions, oh, no, what happened? Did you get COVID? No, it was nope, just... I would have said yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, you I have... Yes, yeah, no, I got a ventilator. 
<laughs> I was in the My ICU. ears fucked up. It's just like this buddy Bill in the future. I had a buddy actually do a similar sort of thing, uh, more for entertainment value. By the way, your advice was lie differently. That wasn't especially helpful. I well, it would have been had you not. Yeah, like yeah, well, you should gonna have lie, told a different lie. Is not the advice I need. If you're gonna lie. You should be better at lying. That's all. <laughs> uh, my 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 buddy Scott. One time we 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 went to Montreal when we were young, 25 or so. I was like 21. Um, but we went to Montreal, which is a very European city uh, in North America, and they don't like. Oh, people, I, I've been to Montreal. You don't like people from the U.S. very much. Yeah. Uh, and one of the waiters in this, uh, this restaurant that we went to, uh, was asking, you know, he knew we were tourists and was asking us where, you know, where we're from. And we were like New York, New York, my buddy Scott, uh, I believe told the gentleman that he was from Argentina. Cause you know, that's interesting yeah. and curious. And wasn't that motherfucker from Argentina? And didn't he start just like, just straight up, blah, 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 blah. blah. And buddy, my, like, you lose. Yeah, <laughs> mortified immediately. And, and let me tell you, I was totally fine with that. Uh, you know, I take the lesson. You, you know? know, maybe I mean, that's no. what it is. Maybe I just I need to get bit, and if I get bit one time, then it'll be like, you know what, dumbass, fucking don't do that. That's usually uh, what makes what makes people better liars, not necessarily, or, or yeah, makes them you know honest Abe from from then on. It's usually you just start to. Three-dimensional chess, you know, let's, you start kind of let's, let's do some math here. Is Argentina the best play? Let's take a yeah. look. No, I, I, I'm going to go something else. Yeah. I'm from fucking Egypt, whatever, anything, but what might be wrong. You're just going to actually have to step in cow shit, not, you know, glance by it and yeah. answer some extra questions. Okay. I don't know. I I should stop lying, but... I don't know if I can. Like, in that spot, my head's just on fire. And I just want to not have to answer questions. And I think it's going to end the questions, and it never does. So you just got to get better. I could improve. I feel like a lot of it as well is that I frequently find that someone will ask me a question that they don't actually care about the answer to. And I will answer it more truthfully and directly than they would like. And so it's like two sides of the same coin. I'm trying to avoid that. But then like, nope, actually, that also generates more answers, more questions that I don't have good answers for. And so it's it's just maybe I should just be like, how about fuck you? Bring me more waters. Or how about I don't go to the meeting and we just chat on Fridays? Or how about I throw my tires in the river instead of trying to sell them to someone? That was pretty inexcusable. That guy didn't even want to talk to me. <laughs> that one, there's no reason I should have done. Uh, I uh, also should not throw my tires in the river. No, it seems like, like bad practice. Yeah. Uh, Bill, we have time for just one final segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I'm going to plug. Um, can, can I give two plugs? You can absolutely have two plugs. One one is a is is a half plug. I think it's actually Lee's plug. Um, Lee, Lee made reference to uh, I think he shared a podcast. Uh, the the Derek Thompson from from the Atlantic uh, has a, a podcast that the Ringer's publishing now on Spotify uh, called Plain English. Uh, for those of us who feel like they want to listen to politics, current events that 
uh, ostensibly present both sides of the argument as though that fucking matters anymore. Uh, it is, is very good at that. Uh, it's very thoughtful. I, 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 that's, 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 that's a plug. I think it's a good, you know, when you, when you want to feel like maybe the world's not on fire, you can kind of tune in, although he's kind of always like, man, the things are, things are pretty fucked up, aren't they? So, you know, that's there. But I think my main plug. Can I jump in before your second yeah, plug? Absolutely. I, this is important to me. I want to practice, uh, telling the truth. That podcast sounds terrible. Okay. Let's, let's go on to the next. Okay. Uh, uh, season three of Atlanta just ended. Like, oh, like, I haven't touched it, but I'm so excited. It, it, dude, I think it's terrific. Yeah, I think it's terrific. We, we went we went on this whole thing, my buddy, my buddy and I last night about favorite episodes. And I still think it might be my favorite season. It's either three or two. Um, I think my favorite episode of that show uh, is not Teddy Perkins, which is number two with a bullet. Teddy Perkins is usually what you jump to, but I, uh, I haven't seen the third season. Love Teddy Perkins so much. Barbershop is my favorite. With, with Bibby the Barber. Because, man, let me tell you, I, I watch that shit. And then it's like, it's like Barbershop, Teddy Perkins, and then when Al's on, uh, Montague, and they do the, tra- the transracial guy, Derek. Oh my God. Oh my God. Listen, I watch that, uh, like every three days. <laughs> just, just for him to say, you know, I dress a certain way. Patagonia. <laughs> it's, it just kills me. Uh, but season three is terrific. I, I, I think it's awesome. I, I, it's not terribly, uh, uh, narrative based. Like it's not, it, it's even more, more loose than the previous, uh, the seasons, but from, from a filmmaking perspective, it's kind of fucking awesome. So I, I would highly encourage. And also, uh, I think in the fourth episode, I want to know when people see it because someone makes an appearance in that thing that I think has a strong connection to this group, uh, at least in my opinion. And I'd like to talk about that, but I have no one to talk to uh, about it except my wife, who's like, "Oh yeah, I guess." So, uh, well, you, I, I know that you you brought this up to me previously, and I said that uh, Gina and I watched the first episode, and then Gina we, we had a good time, but she was like, "I don't like not watching all of these in a row," and so we agreed to wait until it was done. But now it's done, right? It I is mean, that they're it's collecting not- on the DVR. I assume it's all. All there now, so now it, it it it's it's time to go. Need to watch it. Yeah, got to do it. So that's my plug. Season, season three of Atlanta. It's very it's a very good plug. I have a very brief plug uh, for the dedicated listener out there. Perhaps there's something you've noticed missing in this episode of the podcast. That's the sound of me clicking the pen. I got some pens with caps on them, guys can't click it anymore silent cap if you record a podcast and you have a tendency to play with a pen and click it during buy some pens caps that's my plug big 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 ballpoint pens best wishes in the intervening days